Well, it is good to be uh, back with you again. Let's just check that everything's on there. And this is working as well. Whoops, it shouldn't have done that. There we are. Yes, it definitely is working. There's no doubt about that. Okay, um, some of you were here in Sunday School Hour and you got to meet Dr. Diane Eager as she'll be on the book table again. But someone you might have noticed but didn't know who it was, my grandson Ben is here today, so say hi to him. He's coming to Dave's place and Glenda's place. We're going to enjoy probably deer steak sandwiches or something, right? Uh, something rare, you know, that Dave's not used to. Uh, so that will be great. And we'll be back tonight at what time, Pastor? Six o'clock with a brand new program as we look at some of the wonderful handiworks of God in the whole of creation. And Diane will come out the front and share some of our research then as well. Okay, some of you have asked me, how am I? Because you may remember a year ago, I was absolutely crashed on the day that Joseph turned up and really did a wonderful job because I had all the sermon notes and he was just thrown in the deep end. So really thank you for both letting him do it and getting the experience and, uh, and it's done him a heaven of good. And uh, he's really grown uh, great in the Lord and we'll talk a bit more about him lately. But for those of you who want to know how I am, uh, it was my ears that blew. Both eardrums went at the same time and uh, they suspected some weird bug that they've never been able to control. And some days I, I have no problem hearing you. Other days I'm as deaf as a post, which is very good when I don't want to listen to my wife. Um, well, no, I try not to use it as an excuse. But at the moment the doctors are mystified. They suspect the bug is still in there. And some days when my temperature goes up, it, everything swells and blocks it off. So keep praying for that. Um, still as good looking, obviously, but I can't hear you as well necessarily, so pray for that. Um, the two things we really do need in the ministry, uh, or three things, you should have been, received one of those about our open day. I'll mention that a few times. Uh, that's happening next Saturday, so pray much for that. Last year, uh, we had it, I think, a week after we were here, and we were absolutely overcrowded. We had some 400 people, and we were really only equipped to cater for 300 uh, we've built new toilets since then, uh, and we've nearly got 300 people signed up. The 300 people who sign up is not the problem. It's the other 100 friends they invite and forget to tell you. That's the problem. Uh, so uh, just, just pray for us in all of this. And we, we do have a real need because we, we, it's, it's really been expanded in the last year. We have a school there this Thursday to test everything. They're going to be the first to bring their smart devices, their iPhones, and have downloaded one of the apps because we've made the whole lot interactive. Uh, so they can see videos, they can see all sorts of things on their phones or their iPads. And uh, it'll either be the biggest success on the planet or the biggest disaster because the internet collapsed or something like this. So just pray for Thursday as we test it with the school because they'll be far more critical and our supporters will be. Uh, but that's, that's looking good. But as part of the expansion, we've brought in some baby dinosaurs for the kids to ride on and play on. But we have discovered that the dinosaurs that were sent us actually have knobs right along the back. And we've offered the kids to ride on them. So we are in desperate need uh, of a supplying a rather rare item. We've discovered that nobody makes dinosaur saddles anymore. Right? We can't understand that. But if there's anybody who's got skill in that area, we need two baby dinosaur saddles for the little kids, you know, three to four years of age, to play on. If you've got skills in that, see me later. And our office, we've been making do with volunteers in the office for the past uh, 18 months or so because our full-time worker actually went back to a different job. 
But if you have the Lord's call upon you to be involved in ministry, we have a real need. It's not a high-powered job. You're not going to earn a fortune. You're not going to... Well, you'll probably be able to give away more than $1,000 a year, uh, like, like our multimillionaire. Yeah, that's tragic, isn't it? That's really tragic. But uh, just if you want to talk to me or my wife about that, we have a real need for a godly young lady who's got office skills and would love to be involved in a ministry where the Lord Jesus is honoured and exalted. Okay, I, I talked to Joseph this morning at about 5.15. I said, Joseph, I need your report. I'm a good shepherd today. And he sent me a few things and he upgraded it so. Do you remember him? Last year, Joseph the snake handler, Joseph the zoo guy, Joseph the geologist. Greetings from Indy Joe in the UK. Since visiting last year, the ministry has exploded in the UK with the Lord's blessing. We have focused on establishing creation research fully in the UK, and now we have a UK website. Great stuff. I've finished my degree. Hey, and I mentioned in the first service, he actually graduated with distinctions. Hmm, fantastic. I've left my job as a zookeeper. We actually persuaded him to do that because ministry is all-consuming and having another job. So he was willing to take a step out in faith, and I thank you folks for being willing to support him. But needful now of support, I'm much more free and grateful for the help in purchasing a ministry van. What promoted that? John Mackay is coming. John Mackay and I need to drive all over the countryside. Hiring a van for 10 weeks was an unbelievable, about $16,000. And all you got left is with a receipt. So we figured out that if we bought a van, at least we could sell it at the end. So with the help of some supporters, that's what we have. You know, it's interesting how God uses even atheists. Remember how I told you Joseph's dad was an atheist? Now he's a Christian. Joseph's grandfather still is an atheist, but he's a businessman. And interesting how grandchildren have a way of wingling around grandfathers, you know. <laughs> And, uh, of course, this van came up because Joseph's dad has been involved in business and knows a lot of the local business people. And the van dealer has dealt with dad's cars and that all his life, basically. So he said, I'll keep my eyes open. So he said, Lord, open his eyes to a good van that's not really expensive. So he rang us up and he said, I've got a really good one, not, not huge mileage, and I'll let you have it for £9,000 or something. Now, that's actually a pretty good deal. To translate it into Australian as of today, that's about $18,000, $19,000 right on the road. And uh, anyway, grandfather said, well, I'll come down with you, son, to actually look at this. And uh, so he did. We ended up getting it for about £6,500. So thank you, Lord, for even atheists who don't realise they're being used to fulfil your plans. One major new project in the UK is the Rocks Cry Out video series a series of creation-based field trip guides for the UK. Who's helping him? Well, Sandra in the middle and Sarah Ann Bird, both of whom run little media companies designed to help homeschoolers because there's a real need there as here to provide... Well, what are they providing in the case of Indiana Joe? Field trip guides. Have you watched David Attenborough? Millions of years ago. And you've watched the travel guides around the UK. 200 million years ago, this cliff was formed. Um, the homeschoolers and the, the Christians need guides to say, well, here we are at the cliffs of Dover and look at the evidence, it's a flood. Right? So these are film guides and book guides. Praise the Lord for these two young ladies who run their own little companies and they've asked Joseph to be the commentator on the spot, the next creation guide. 
The video gives an overview of the geology and a biblical view of the site. The guidebook gives practical information. Here's where you go, take this road, turn left, jump the fence, watch out for the bull, all those sort of things, you know. And the, the first video is up online and there are now three that's been done. You may notice, of course, that he's borrowed a statement from the Lord Jesus that the rocks cry out the praises of God, not the applause of Charles Darwin or David Attenborough or anybody else. They are really great. The team have done a great job. Um, already this year we've had field trips, ministry tours and research opportunities across the UK. There's one of them. Um, they took a crowd. You see the big bridge over the Bristol Channel? Many years ago I went to this site and found some fabulous um, shark's teeth and that and I said to Joseph, let's go back. That year we found a whole big dinosaur rib cage and, and a nice big jaw. Uh, of course we didn't exactly take these people to that spot but they had a great time finding fossils there and you can praise the Lord that over there the Lord has raised up this helper. His name is Roman. His background is you know, one of those European places that used to be communist um, and his surname's about that long. So I have no idea how you say it, but he became a Christian through our ministry, through one of our videos on Time's Up Darwin. Some of you have seen that DVD. He, his problem was he couldn't believe the Bible was true. How could God make the world in just six days? And he said, someone gave me your DVD. Now I'm a Christian. Three years, it's wonderful. Very emotional, some of these Europeans. Um, <laughs> but it's good to see the Lord blessing because now he's retired and he's become Joseph's full-time carer out in the field. And at this tall and an ex-policeman, he's a real good carer. So pray for Roman and uh, pray for the museum that we've set up over there, both Joseph's one that he told you a bit about last year. I mean, it's still cluttered. He's collected hundreds of fossils since he saw you last year. Look at those dinosaur horns and bones and things like that. Now, one of the reasons I love young Joseph is he just doesn't want to read books. Now, let's be honest, most people don't get the chance to go and dig up dinosaurs, but the Lord's opened doors so he can. He's been with me, he's been on many field trips, and my advice has been go there, dig it up, then you can say, I got one in my pocket. You know, one of the people said, what fossils you got in your pocket this year? You know, that's a, it's great. It really, you know, when I'm in debates and someone brings up a point, I just say, oh, been there, done that, got one, and you're wrong. You know? And that, my opponent has never been out in the field, just in ivory towers. And, of course, in this year, Joseph and I will be meeting again with Pastor Adrian in Calvary Church at Haverford West, and the church there is so enthusiastic for our ministry. They built a new building. Well, they started four years ago. Then the builder went bankrupt, and they lost £100,000 in that deal. So they had to start again. And they promised us before that, that up on the second floor, we can have the space for the museum. It's bigger than this building. Uh, unbelievable. And they're just on the last legs. So pray for Pastor Adrian and Joseph and I. Joseph met with him in April to check how the process was going. But Wales needs to be reminded that the gospel is true. As some of you know the history of Wales, there were big revival meetings there a hundred and so years ago and the miners would sing hymns on the way to work. That's all gone. Most of the chapels are closed down. Wales is as pagan as most of the rest. They've resorted back to their pagan roots and adoring their pagan idols and things like that. Uh, Joseph says it's been good to be involved with three new books from John Mackay and Diane Eager. Diane's here today, John Mackay's here and Joseph is not. But look, 
This is a story about Joseph and me taking a couple of my grandkids on a field trip. Yes, we've got five kids' books up there written by yours truly now because my granddaughter, Bree, had a good idea when I was telling them about you know, some of the problems we had. And she said, Grandpa, why don't you put in a book the stories you tell us? They're real good. And I thought, that's a good idea. Because let's be honest, I'm a kid at heart. Who else bangs rocks, climbs cliffs, and, and when they're a little older than Pastor is? Um, yeah, I, I still got to be a kid. Coming up soon is that one. It's at the printers right at this moment. Should be printed by the end of this week. Should be available at open day. Because over the years, Diane and I and the rest of the team have been asked thousands of questions. So we've picked the eyeballs out of the most popular questions out there. And that will be available as the first sort of study book coming out. That should be available at the end of this week. And this one is already up there. I was thrilled yesterday to get another review from one of the professors from the University of Hungary who says, this is a wonderful textbook, walk through the evidence because you become part of the investigation process. And Joseph finishes, a good chunk of the year has been spent organising for the creation guy, John Mackay's ministry to the UK. I leave sort of two days after open day. Please pray much. Look at some of his advertising already. Geology field trip to Oss Cliff. Now, it doesn't matter if you don't know where it was, but that's where we found the big dinosaur jaw, or big dinosaur rib cage. So that's coming up. The only trouble with England, of course, you know how the British always like to talk about the weather? That's because it's always doing different things. So please pray for us, because some days it can be brilliant, other days it can be winter, and there's only two hours difference. Uh, so pray for that. Here's what roughly where we're doing. Joseph's over on the east side. See the bump that comes out in Norfolk? Norfolk is on the way to nowhere, quite literally, right? And you have to be deliberately going there to get there. Um, you don't cross it to go anywhere else unless you're going over to Holland. Uh, London, West Coast, Wales, up in Scotland. There's lots of other details there. But Joseph would really value your prayer. And his final statement, God bless him, thank you. You know what I'm going to do? I asked the pastor, it'll be all right. I've got my camera here on video. So I want you all to... Wave and yell and say hi. and all. You said that was okay, didn't you? Even though it's a Baptist church, we're fine. Okay. Are you ready, everybody? Do it. Hello, Joe. Thank you, Joe. G'day, Joe. All the above. Hey, that's good. Just in case it didn't work, I'll do it again. <laughs> you can't trust technology. Everybody, where you go? That's it. Hey, louder, louder. That's it. Good, good, good. Now, if I was smart enough or my grandson Ben was up here, we could have sent that live uh, and woke him up. It's already nearly midnight over there. Okay, let's get on with the message today. We start out in Revelation 22. Um, you do realise, of course, the book of Revelation is the second revelation in the Bible. The first revelation is in the beginning God. And then it tells you things that nobody could ever have known. Adam couldn't have figured it out. You and I would not have deduced it from the evidence, but the first five and a half days of creation are absolute revelation from God. Um, and it's interesting. You start out with a good creation and you finish with a good creation. In between is chapter 3 of Genesis and chapter 3 of John. I, I love this bit. There will be no more curse. You know, I'm, I'm heading for England in a couple of weeks and I just happened to notice a patch of bindi eye. You know who's going to have to get up early and spray it one day soon? Because if I don't, guess how many bindi eyes there'll be next year? Yeah, and then after that, I took an American visitor out to one of the quarries recently 
and there was a little plant, and he said, I don't know it. What's that? And I said, that's called Mother of Millions. I said, the council's been here, but they missed it. Next year, they'll have to spray millions of them. That's how it works. There'll be no more curse. Genesis 3, Adam sinned. God put a curse on the planet. And God sent his angel to show the apostle John the things that would be shortly done. And don't you love that last verse? Behold, I come quickly. Now, I do trust you've got the big picture of God's word from a good creation to a good new creation, from sin in Genesis 3 to saviour in John 3. Because one thing the Lord's convinced me of is see the whole picture, see it God's way. All right, background. Early this year, my wife and I went to Christchurch, New Zealand. My wife doesn't get to come with me all that often overseas, but this was one event because we had a wedding invitation. I guess you can figure out who the bride is and who the groom is, right? That's great. So there's fact number one. Fact number two, we've been putting up dead dinosaurs again at Jurassic Ark. Fact number three, I went fishing in New Zealand. Eat your heart out, you fishermen. There's snapper over there like this. It's just marvellous, right? And that day I didn't catch a big snapper. I caught that. What is it? it that's the only one of those I've ever caught in my life. If you've ever watched David Attenborough, that's the fish that walks along the bottom with, with big wings that it never uses to fly. Amazing. And I took my wife to the local museum, an uh, old museum. The tragedy is when you go in there, they teach that. And don't all the museums, all the government museums do, that and climate change, correct? Yeah. You know, Joseph's finished his degree, but technically... He's got to do one more unit before they'll give him his piece of paper. He's got to prove that he knows about what? Climate change. Compulsory. Can you believe that? This is part of every student doing that geology course. Amazing. Death and struggle. Compulsory. Millions of years. Compulsory. Millions of years of evolution. Supposed truth. When it's a lie. Hmm. I was really pleased uh, just to come across a statement from the director of the climate change section of the um, United Nations just yesterday. Um, and Gus said, the real problem is not climate change, the real problem is greed. And this is a conclusion he reached. And he said, the United Nations is not set up to deal with that. Amen, brother. Pray you get saved. Because only Jesus is set up to deal with that. Remember I did in the Sunday School of Fox TV report? about why young Americans are leaving the church. And, and it's not just true in Australia, it's not just true in New Zealand, it's true around the Western world that used to be so Christian. The reason they were abandoning Christianity, no longer going to Sunday school, not sitting in a morning service, and now not being atheists, not being Hindus, not being Buddhists, they're being nothing because there's nothing to believe. I mean, think through if we used to be apes and now we're people and some of us got to be Scott Morrison as Prime Minister, what's it all mean? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. And as a result of being taught that evolution and climate change are facts and there is nobody in charge that you can appeal to, I mean, do you realise what that's doing to grandfathers who run farms? The, the stress that's on them because the little grandchild is saying, you've ruined the planet, Grandpa. And you're going to die before you can fix it. Look at the mess you've left it. Have you noticed the increasing suicides amongst farmers? That's a key reason. Hmm. You can't believe that account of history 
if you believe the millions of years of evolution. So really, this is a museum which was set up as a showplace of God's handiwork. Now it's the devil's playpen. Oh, how do I know that? It's got a Bible verse on the front. The people who were associated with the British Museum in, in England actually set this museum up. Can, can you read the Bible verse? Lo, these are parts of his ways, but how little is seen of him. Bible verse, stamped clear on the front. You know the, British, the, the Brisbane Museum was set up as a showplace of God's handiwork creation? The Naturalist Museum in London was set up. There's a Bible verse in the front for you. The Queensland University was set up that way because my, my, my faculty had a Bible verse over the entry door. Griffith University was set up as a totally secular university. They hate Christianity. I had to smile because Diane and I have lectured there and they, 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 they can't stand us. But you know, because we're actually telling them God made the world very good, we sinned. Man has an inherent problem. We are in rebellion against God. Actually, your church believes that. And, and you preach Jesus as the only solution, right? And so do we. And you know what they think? Man has evolved by chance. We're naturally good. <laughs> they do. They do believe that. And I always smile because the evidence is against that because in the lecture theatre I was lecturing in last, the data projector was chained to the table. Point made, facts for faith, the evidence. As we challenge them, you've got to choose, guys. You can believe your foolish lecturers who weren't there in the beginning or you can believe the absolutely wise God who was. You need to watch out for false science, whether it's climate or biology or whatever. It will lead you astray. Remember how we dealt with in Sunday school? If Christ is not raised from the dead, you are foolish. You are absolutely worse off than even the unbelievers are. Who is your authority? You people need to make that decision now. Pastor asked me if I could deal with a topic like, you know, a bird's eye view of creation, which is really an hour and a half program all by itself. So I said, can you do a condensed version? I don't know if I can or not. How much time do I have left? Um, but anyway, I've picked the eyeballs out of it because going to New Zealand this year, going to that wedding, catching fish, and all of this message, even in Revelation, are related. In the beginning, God created he created each group after its kind. How many times have I come here and said that? Isn't that pretty? What do you call that? Parrot. If you teach it swear words, it'll call you in reverse, won't it? Okay. Aren't these pretty? But these are all stuff. See the little label around its leg? But you can actually see them real. And that big, sharp beak is actually a brilliant... It gouges out timber. It digs nests in, in timber. Incredibly strong. God made man in his image. God created the world very good. But then again, the new heavens and the new earth is going to be good. God cursed the ground because man sinned. God's going to remove the curse right at the end. And you and I in the middle need to warn people that sin is the problem and they will need to fear a God who can create. God saw everything he made and it was very good. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth... God gave them all the green plants for food. Those parrots with their really sharp beaks simply ripped up plant food. Hey, that's hard to come to grips with. Not so much for parrots because, you see, parrots are still here. Parrots, have you been to the bird sanctuaries? Aren't they wonderful? They'll come on your hand. They'll sit on your head and poop. They do. But you know, they don't give you... Hey, here's a slab of steak for the parrot. 
They don't do that, do they? Because you know parrots as birdie, as plant eaters, as seed eaters. But then it's harder to come to grips with the lion who lay down with the lamb. Just like is going to happen when good becomes true again. When you look at Genesis, you need to be reminded there was no bloodshed, no killing, no death. Oh, and I've left the last one blank. Let's see if you can fill it in. Because you see, you live in a world that's full of those. Isn't it true? Man sinned, Genesis 3. God said to Adam, you've listened to your wife, that you've sinned, thorns and thistles will come forth. Now you could actually get pricked by a rose bush. Now you could catch tetanus. Now you could actually get an infection with a prickle caught in your foot. God cursed the ground. Death entered the planet. Do you realise when you're actually evangelising, you're talking to people who don't know any of this? You brought them up. Remember those kids' books? One reason we wrote them is the little kids who are being taught that they can have two daddies. That's their world. They don't know any different. You remember when the Lord challenged Jonah and said, go to Nineveh. And Jonah said, the Nineveh people are so terrible. And God said, they don't even know their left hand from their right. Two or three generations earlier, they had absolutely abandoned God and brought their kids up that way. The kids had no knowledge that it was absolutely wrong to chop up your enemies and put them on poles outside the gate to warn off the visitors. Hey. God made things after their kind. Man's sin, the fall comes on, judgment comes on. Remember how we dealt in Sunday school? The reason geologists don't mind admitting something is a flood deposit is because they don't want to think about the flood. They'll stop here at a little flood. They don't want to be reminded there is a God who judges. You see, in the first world that was good, there was no bloodshed, there was no killing, there was no death, and there was no thorns, and now that sin has come under the planet, all of the above. Isn't this why you think, man alive, bindi eye again, John Mackay's going to have to buy, what, what's, what's that selective weed killer? Have you priced it lately? $80 a four litres? $80 for bindi eye and I didn't even have to pay for the bindi eye. Man. But you see, it does raise questions that people ask. How could plant eaters like parakeets, parakeets? Yeah, that's what that is. How could they become carnivores? You say, become carnivores? Sure. Here's me and my wife earlier this year in Christchurch. Now, praise God for Australia because it's not cold in Australia where I live in January, but this is Christchurch in January. It was freezing. There was snow up on the top of the hills. The water was nearly solid. And we went to a big tourist town. Here it is. (laughs) Well, not very big anyway. Uh, It was a nice place because, you see, there was a little restaurant just down the road to cater for all the tired walkers and that. And they had these big parrots, uh, the Kia parrots. Look at that beak. The Kia parrots are interesting. You see, because Kia parrots are not known anymore for being vegetarian. You can feed them seeds. They'll eat seeds. But I can feed children today seeds. And some of them want a T-bone steak. It's interesting. We didn't start out having T-bone steak. No, I did the parrots. You see, when you look at God's word, it reminds you that Adam sinned, death commenced, man began to lose control, and degeneration actually commenced. You do realise that the arrow we've been having is what you need to have in your head. When you get arthritis, are you going to blame God? Or are you going to say, my body is going to pieces? You know, the older I get, the one thing I discover is every time you visit the doctor, he prescribes another pill. 
until finally the weight of the pills in your plane luggage almost takes up your clothing space. Isn't that what happens to some of you? It does. Same things happen to our parrot, the Kia parrot. Um, they're very obnoxious, by the way. Do you, do you see that beak? The trail bike riders have told me that if you're riding a trail bike through the forest in New Zealand and they take a dislike to you on the South Island, you park your bike up against the tree, they'll rip your tyres to shreds. Their, two, their beak is that strong. And if they can't get you annoyed, they'll even pull your chain off the cogs. They are strong. And if you're not riding a trail bike, they come up to your, you know the doors you have with wire mesh on? And they love ripping the insect mesh off the doors. Amazing. Oh, and they also eat sheep. We have in our collection, and I'm pleased that the Lord has done this, the first ever photograph taken proving that Kia parrots had become killers. Oh, at this stage, they were only on their way. They were eating dead sheep. And all the greenies and the pro-parakeeties said, no, no, parrots are harmless. Parrots only eat plants. Parrots are green. And your farmer said, no, I've seen them eating sheep. Prove it, prove it. Well, this was the first proof. Isn't God interesting how he provides evidence? But then man started off as 100%, not vegan, vegetarian. You do know the difference, I hope. We never started out as vegans and God's got, not got that in our plan either. Okay, vegetarian, that's how we started. So did parakeets and most of them still are. Okay, do you know what they discovered over the years? Parakeets are actually smart. Have you ever tried to teach them to talk? They don't really take much, do they? I mean, try to teach your dog to talk. <laughs> you don't have to do that because they can't talk anyway. But the parakeets seem as if they have the ability to talk back to you. They actually don't really understand what you're saying, but they are brilliant mimics, correct? Okay, but they are also got the biggest brain weight for weight of body for any bird on the planet. So there's lots of space in there. So here's what parakeets began to figure out. Why would they even eat sheep, even if they were dead sheep, which is what this photo was proof of? Here's the reasoning. You see, the British moved onto the South Island. They chopped down a lot of the native vegetation. They imported sheep. British are good for that. They did it in my homeland in Scotland, right? They kicked out the people, bought in the sheep. Yeah, there's a lot of bitterness over some of these actions still. Okay, you bring in the sheep, you've got to plant grass. So in reality, you plant grass, British grass, sheep grass, you get rid of all the native vegetation, the parrots have got nothing to eat. Hmm. Parrots, hey, I either find something else to eat or I die. That's a fairly simple bit of logic, isn't it? So they figured out that sheep eat grass, let's eat sheep. They actually did. So they first of all began to tear the sheep open to get the digested grass out of its stomach. You know how dogs do eat grass? Dogs eat grass because they can't digest it. They eat it to provide roughage in their, in their stomachs. But the parakeets, they're not very good on grass, but once the sheep has dealt with it, they can eat it. And they did. And then they thought, hmm, this is tasty on the way in. Well, we don't know that for sure. But what they started to do was eat the sheep as well. And then they figured out that if one of us can attack a dead sheep, then four of us can bring down a baby sheep because you actually watched it happen. And then they figured out if four of us can kill a baby sheep, a crew, crew of 40 can bring down a live adult running sheep. And people watched it happen. So they went from being vegetarian to scavengers to carnivores. Hmm. Now they're guilty of bloodshed. 
Now they're killers. Now there's death. But no, they don't eat thorns yet, even though there are still plenty of thorns in New Zealand. Can, can you see the progression? Adam, 100% vegetarian. By the time you get to Noah's flood, the animals had become violent. And I'm pretty sure that even though Noah had never touched a beast to eat, the others had started. Though they were killers because didn't Cain kill his brother? And then after the flood, God gives us permission to eat meat. And he says, you'll eat meat, but you won't eat the blood. And I can take you to Maasai land where they'll kill the cow and drink the blood. Boy, do we go downhill. Parrots did too. Now you know how to answer that question, don't you? How could plant eaters become carnivores? It's actually devolution. It's actually degeneration. Watch that in our society. Remember I said to you two years ago, you older people, do you remember people with allergies in your classroom? Uh, we've got a problem up at Jurassic Park this year. When you have 300 people, quite a few of them are gluten-free. You realise that problem didn't exist when Jesus was on the planet? Uh, I mean, when he produced, what was that, five loaves and two fishes? And he turned into thousands of loaves of bread? Was it gluten-free? Did they have to line up over here for gluten-free loaves? <laughs> Not a problem. Hmm. The world has changed. The world has degenerated. That's what's happening. Now, you're the devil and you want to twist people's minds. Hey, look, change is true. Change is evolution. If change is true, evolution is true. If evolution is true, the Bible is false. See how easy it's done? And if you say it over and over again in your textbooks, if you say it from little kids onwards, they know no different. And when you go to witness to them, you'll have to fill in the rest of the story or you'll get nowhere. They think the evidence contradicts everything in God's word. They think the choice is the scientist who was there. You know, many theological colleges won't invite people like me because they've made a choice. The scientist is their authority. So they'll reread the days of Genesis as vast periods of time because the scientist has said. One reason we're doing the experiments on stalactites at Jurassic Ark is because, hey, it's not the evidence that tells you these caves take millions of years. Look, you can watch them grow. Hmm. Beware of false science, it leads you astray. Can I encourage you, think about coming up to Jurassic Ark, pick up the books for kids, including the new one. Oh, we had a version, no, we didn't have this last year when I was here. This one is now interactive. You say, what do I mean? Well, keep watching. When you come to Jurassic Ark, you'll have an interactive park where you can actually see amazing, you can do the same in here. It's not just a book anymore, but we've designed these books. So, well, do you get annoyed by kids who are always on their phone? I do. My wife gets annoyed with me because I have a lot of business on my phone. Um, but we've designed these so they can't do that. They have to have the book. They need to learn to read books because that's how God communicates to us, isn't it? It's a good principle. Have a look at these books and see the dinosaurs that can leap out of the pages. The kids love them. We've tried them on all ages and they're fascinated by the artwork and the stories. And when they come to Jurassic Ark, yes, they have great fun, and you're coming to see the dinosaurs too. And not only the live ones, but the dead ones, and they're up on boards, and we know they drowned. Remember our first one, Facts for Faith? You say, how do you know that drowned? Well, I took those pictures. They're from different continents. And what's interesting is, whether it's Canada in the top left-hand side, or Bavaria where I was on a dinosaur dig, or Nigeria in the bottom, they're all rolled up like that. In, in reality, we know they've drowned. Oh, if you've got good eyes, you'll see Joseph and I there. That's a real dig we did. We'll do that one again this year. 
Can, can you actually see the dinosaur here atop on one of our murals? The neck bent back, the tail bent up. That's the last thing you do before you drown. <gasps> Only people don't have a tail. But it means you also got to be buried in three minutes because after that your body relaxes and you lose that. So the evidence tells us not only they've been drowned, but they've been drowned from Alaska right over to the edge of China. Now, I've been to basically all of those places except the Chinese one. I'm truly grateful to all of you who support what we do because it enables us to absolutely be dogmatic. The facts are there for the faith. Why don't you believe? Hmm. Many theories and opinions. Actually, I've said this before. Somebody else could get up and say this now, couldn't they? The facts never do. The facts tell you that. I mean, if you're a medical doctor here, do you want to make a fortune in future? Make a pill for a disease that doesn't yet exist, because it will. Make a pill for a disease that's genetic, because the genes are actually running downhill. You can guarantee it. We're getting new diseases every week that didn't ever exist. The bugs are falling to pieces, you're falling to pieces, and if you're greedy, you can make a fortune out of it. Yeah, that sort of research is really needed. Come visit Jurassic Ark. Oh, we're just about done. Um, lunch is coming up, particularly for me with veal sandwiches and things like that. What, what are you having for lunch? Have you ever thought it through how different it would be from what Adam had? Because most of us think today is normal, and it isn't. Today is way down. And the scripture says, the Lord had to tell us even in Isaiah's day, my ways are higher than your ways. Our, even our best righteousness is so far downhill, the Lord takes mercy on us and says they're just men. They're just people. That's what they're like. I mean, didn't he have to say that back in David's day? Yeah, and that's a long time ago. Oh, there's our ark mural. Don't forget to come on August the 10th and see it real size. I mean, Ben had a job last Friday up at Jurassic Ark and he had to put the markers in so you could see where the edge were. Unbelievable scale of thing. Oh, and the books that are up there make a particular point. What happened to the dinosaurs? Well, you'll see there's an attribution in the front. You'll also get to meet a couple of my grandkids. We've done this with all the books up there because there was a grandchild that suggested this project and parents who motivated, who said, we need something for our, our children in kindergarten. They're being pummeled with evolution. Two and three years of age, brainwashed for the rest of their life, and you expect them to understand the gospel? Sorry, unless you fill in the dots, it won't happen. See my red-headed Josh there? See my little gold-headed uh, Lucy? Okay, there's Jurassic Ark. There's the Jurassic Ark Jeep. Look at this, they're going in. And, and there's the dinosaurs. And, and I'm going to do something, show you what the activation is like. Now, we tested this beforehand, and it worked brilliantly, but... The Lord's a lot more reliable and, and, than actual technology is. Are you ready, guys? Let's try it. They've given me the thumbs up. Yep, it's working. Sound. There you are, Jurassic Ark, and it's in the book. And you can't take it away. You have to have the book. You have to read the book because that's deliberately designed that way so that the kids get book-friendly and book-familiar. That's great stuff, isn't it, hey? It's amazing how the Lord works. Two young guys at a conference. We were at the conference, and we looked at each other and thought, 
we can use you. And they said, we can use you. We've got this app and it's fabulous. They're the guys who've done Jurassic Ark, put it all interactive, and that's the sort of thing you can go to each stop. Now, you don't need me to give you a lecture. You can just bring it up on your phone or your iPad because the evidence shows us God's word is true from the beginning. It's not the evidence which contradicts God's word. It's always and only the opinions of men. Do you know what you should take away from that? You will come across a lot of stuff on TV or in education that is so concretely against God's word and looks like it's proved the case. How much confidence do you have in God always telling you the truth? Because what you'll find is, given long enough, the flaw in their argument will show up. Because they're not, if what they say contradicts what God says, in the end, guess who'll be proved wrong? They will be. I've shared with you before and I'll share it with you again. Coming from a non-Christian background, as I read through the Bible from cover to cover, I often came across a few things in Leviticus, particularly the rules about morals. And I remember saying to God, I don't agree with this, but I may as well give in now because in the end you'll be proved right. You've got a, that sort of an attitude? Hmm. Who is your authority? Is it God's word? Are you ready for the punchline? Two punchlines. We were in New Zealand earlier this year and the Maori boys fell in love with our T-shirts. They're up on the back there. I mean, the, the T-shirts say, we're not related. You know, the monkeys, naps and gorillas? We're made in God's image. Hey, that is part of the gospel, you realise, because Jesus came to remake us in his image because sin ruined the image. So these guys were actually thrilled they could wear a witness shirt. Hmm. But then I was thrilled to be invited to this wedding. Quite a few Maoris there. Quite a few odd chaps. Uh, because see the bride there? Beautiful, dressed in white. There's the, the young bridegroom. His name is Luke. And what was interesting about Luke is that he hadn't too long been a Christian. And when I chatted to him beforehand, Luke had got out of jail six or seven months earlier. Or Luke had become a Christian in jail. The prison chaplain actually took the wedding. And the prison chaplain witnessed to Luke in jail and he well, doesn't the scripture say, go into the world and become fishers of men? And the chaplain wisely found out what Luke's problems were and he put the right bait on the hook to go fishing. But then I'm a fisherman, isn't that what you have to do? I mean, if you throw the net and it's got holes in it like that, don't expect to catch bait fish. But if you throw the net and it's got holes in it like that, don't expect to catch the big ones, I'll tell you, net to pieces. You're going to go fishing? Make sure you actually go the right way. So Luke became a Christian. We already knew the young lady and we got invited as friends of the family to come to the wedding. Hey, great stuff. And there were some strange people there that day because Luke said, I'm going to share my testimony so I'm inviting all my prison friends. <laughs> hey, there were some strange, interesting characters there that day but they all heard the gospel because they were, they were friends of Luke. He'd been in prison with them. And he said, great opportunity. I'm to bring them along. And they can't walk out. They can't walk out. Great opportunity, don't you think? Oh, and they even kissed the bride afterwards. And they're happily married. I keep on their Facebook just to follow them up. And the prison chaplain did a wonderful job. And he even reminded us that God made us good. Don't blame him for Luke going to jail. Because we chose to sin. And Jesus chose to come and die for us. And Luke got saved. Hmm. Lovely couple. Yeah. And there's the old couple on the right-hand side. And you see, we were just about... Oh, we'd actually had, hadn't we, done our 50th wedding anniversary. And we said to them, we're praying that you'll still be 
a couple in 50 years and they look like they're going strong and they're involved in Christian ministry and they're reaching out. It's just wonderful. You see, they know. Luke knows. The young lady knows because I've preached in the church that she goes to for many years like this church here. It's not the evidence that contradicts God's word. It's the word of God that contradicts the opinions of men. Oh, and going fishing? Make sure you use the right bait. Remember I've said it so often, if you're witnessing to Muslims, you don't need to worry about eight men. They don't believe it at all. They just don't know that you're made in God's image. They deny that. The Koran denies that. And the Koran denies that we're sinners. And the Koran denies that Jesus is actually God. You'll need to be able to bait your hook right. But most people, the reason they don't go anywhere near, a warning, I'm coming quickly. Warning, I'm going to judge. Warning, there is an end in view. Warning, there'll be a day coming when if I say kneel and bow to me, Richard Dawkins, the atheist, David Attenborough, who mustn't have much time left, you will get on your knees and you will admit that I am Jesus Christ and I created all things and I died for you and you spat in my face publicly. Hmm. If you want to reach out to people, remember the Lord is coming and he is coming quickly. But you can only do it if you know his word from beginning to end. You can only do it if you've chosen that he is your authority. Yes, that doesn't mean you'll know every, bo- every bit of the Bible or what it means. That's true, isn't it? I mean, how old are you now? We didn't clap. Oh, no, I don't need to answer that. Right? But, you know, what's that guy's sort of pyjamas you've got? That was amazing. You're not going to wear them either. Okay. You need to make that choice that God is actually your authority and you need to pray daily, Lord, open your word to me. Show me more. You'll be amazed at how God answers that prayer. He's looking for young men and young women who are willing to say, it is you who I serve. You above all others. Pray for Joseph. He's made that choice. He's full-time now. And no, we haven't offered him $100,000. Do you realise if he went and got a job as a geologist in a good company, he could get a good salary. I mean, in Australia, starting salary for teachers is 60 grand. You want to see what it is for a good geologist with distinctions. I'll tell you what, he's not going to get anywhere near that working with creation research, but I'll tell you what, his eternal reward is incredible. Pray for the new books that are coming out and pray for us as we continue to share God's word around the planet and particularly mid-August to mid-September to mid-October in the UK, which sadly used to be a country that exported the gospel. Now it needs the gospel as an import uh, really, really big time. So much opposition to the gospel. If you are, again, a young lady who feels a call on your life for ministry, talk to Anne or or my wife Anne or me. We'd love to chat to you. And if you're good at dinosaur saddles, we'd like to talk to you as well. God bless. Over to you, brother. We'll see you this evening.